Hi, welcome. This is Nick Flanagan Weekly. I hope you're enjoying everything about life right now and the world we live in. I know it's a crazy time, but I have faith in you and, and the rest of the world that we'll come out of this more alive than ever. Moving on. This is Nick Flanagan Weekly. Thank you for listening. I'm Nick. And this is a show with a guest. Sometimes we have guests. Sometimes we do solo episodes. If you listened to the one yesterday, solo. Last week, Dave Hill, guest. Today, the guest is Cassie Cow. Really funny, great writer, you know, great uh, performer, and, and just a, a cool, funny person in general. I just was like, hey, Cassie, you want to come by and do the podcast? We, we went to the gym. I cracked open the gym in 2020. Uh, and then we went over and we had a chat. So that's pretty much what happened. And uh, Cassie does a show in Toronto um, monthly at a coffee shop. She talks about it during the podcast. So support that if you can. Otherwise, you know, just follow her on Twitter at the Cassie Cow. C-A-O. And uh, if you want to support this podcast, of course, subscribe, rate, or review it. Or tell a friend. And in the middle of this podcast, unless you are a Patreon or Kofi donor, you will receive a request. Not a request, a message telling you about how great that is for me. But I'm not going to say that right now. I'm going to leave it hanging. All right. Here's my talk with Cassie Gow. Hi. I'm here with Cassie Cow. Yay. It's me. Impromptu guest. I said, Cassie, we were both like, let's go to the gym. She's considering going to my gym. Are you going to go to the gym? Are you going to sign up? Okay, here's the thing. There are no better options. There's no gym closer to my house that's 24 hours. I really do insist on working out late. But you worked out at a normal time today. I know. Today was very unusual. And I did like it, which really surprised me. But I don't know that I have it in me to carve out a 4 p.m. workout almost. No, I don't want to do a 4 p.m. workout. I was I was doing like 9 p.m. workouts when I was going there right. regularly. That was pretty cool um, for me. It would kind of jack me up for the night, you know? But what if you have a show? Well, then cancel the show. You've got gym. <laughs> You've got gym. Show I'm... probably doesn't pay. <laughs> I, I mean, to be fair, that's true. But I am so protective of my, like, 7 p.m. to 11 p.m., just, like, in case I want to go do stand-up. Yeah, it's great. But go to the gym. Like Why you... not? It's better. <laughs> just because they call comedy the gym sometimes, it's not the gym. Yeah. The only thing that has in common with the gym is, like, guys with wet underwear are there, you know? Well, so it depends which mic you go to. <laughs> I go to every mic. I'm king of the mics. Well, okay, there's only one gym that's closer to my house, which is the Hone at St. Clair. All right, let's not get too local here. Oh, why? Are your listeners not from Toronto? I have listeners as far as (laughs) Japan. They probably care about the Toronto fitness scene. Frankly, they're probably from Toronto. They they (laughs) live in Japan, but uh, don't mention names. No, it's not. So you have one place called Hone. It's a new business. I've seen Is it? it? It's not new. Well, it's been it's been bird busting out. Yeah, they've had they have they have a lot more new locations recently. That's true. Yeah, so you're like maybe I'll join Hone, but is that more of a? That's one of those places where they always have a window on the storefront, right? Yes. And you walk by and 
everyone's pulling on their weight pulleys in front of the the people walking <laughs> on the cold streets. Well, the thing is, is I had been with Hone before. I already had a membership with them, and then I canceled it because they closed too early. So they close at eleven. So mm-hmm. even if I show up for 10 o'clock, I feel rushed to get out of there. For sure. Yeah, so I just I can't do it. Well, we had a workout. We both got on the different devices. You did elliptical. I did elliptical. You did uh, the runner. The treadmill. The treadmill. And I had so much energy. I did a podcast before here. I was shot out of cannon. You did a podcast before also? I just recorded like a solo one oh. to put out today. Wow. Uh, you know, so yeah. hot off the press. Look at you hustling. I'm a hustle, babe. I just want you to know. Someone listening right now is like, ah, ah, ah. That man you're singing is not from your face style, so you can't <laughs> do it. Not from my face style. But now I'm all neutral. What do you mean? You know what's sad? What? You're doing so well. What? I'm so happy for you. <laughs> I'm doing okay. But all it does is it makes me so hurt about my own life. What? I'm not Isn't doing that the worst. I'm not doing that well. First of all, I also feel bad when well, I look at other emotions. people's lives. <laughs> Whose lives is better than yours? <laughs> you live alone. You're in a up and coming neighborhood. You have your 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 shopping gyms, and uh, you know you rode on the Kim's convenience a bit there. I did. That was fun. Popular show. <laughs> yeah. They have a cult following. They do. They're doing well on Netflix. Yeah. And they're doing well in Canada, I guess. Maybe. Well, I, I think we don't knows know. what any of that means. <laughs> we don't know what doing well there in is, Canada the means. The only way you know someone is doing well in Canada is like that it's set in a small town and a comedy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I, think, like, I know Letterkenny does pretty well. Truly, like the people who are famous in Canada can still... Go down are, the street. Well, yes, and also they still they can still apply out. for welfare. <laughs> They all still have Joe jobs, and they all still hang out a comedy bar on Friday nights. So it's like, truly, we're just living that life. Well, I'm not seeing Colin Mockery out there every night. But most nights. He's there pretty much every yeah. night. Yeah. But not every night. <laughs> Actually, last, funny you should say that. So I came back from this two-week trip, and... Um, That's glamorous. I wish I had the money to do that. Well, I don't. <laughs> I just did it, and now I'm like, okay, all right. Nope. <laughs> well, here here we go. And, but and you have friends. That's much easier. Well, we were doing a cat sit for two weeks. That's the only oh. reason we got to go for two weeks. I'm not going to go. Wait, who's we? Who'd you go with? I went with my uh, lady friend. Wow. That's nice. That's like a work romance. Two in one. A plus cat. I know you're thinking of it as work, but I mean, I just did a little tiny bit of work. Oh, okay. You know, like I did a couple shows. Mm-hmm. They were really fun. And then I did a couple podcast recordings, and my mom came for a few days. And that sounds great. For, no, it was amazing. Yeah. You know? um, yeah, it was... Uh, you got to hang out with a cat? That's great. Two cats. They were great. Stop. That's, yeah. See, I'm jealous of you. What are you talking about? You, well, that's... I know you have a weird cat jealousy, so, I mean, that's true. You probably look at people's lives, and you go, oh, they have a cat. You forget that you've got a cat, you I know, know, which is like really... me. Like, I'm like, oh, you know, cats is just ripping it apart. I'm not a, you know, the truth is, like, audition-wise, I realized maybe I'll wait until I've kind of um, bounced into a better uh, weight. What? Well, I just feel like my body is not shaped 
right for auditions right now. <laughs> hey, listen, I'm also trying to do Getting Hot 2020. That's like what I'm trying to do. What, Get but, Hot 2020. But you're fine. I mean, thank you. I do appreciate that. But like, I do think Getting Hot will never hurt your entertainment performance career. Frankly, a big problem with me is the one place I have self-confidence is I'm like, I'm like, this face, nobody can resist. <laughs> this face. Except for the hundreds of angles where it looks monstrous. <laughs> no, well, to be fair, commercial auditioning isn't really about being the most attractive. No, commercial auditioning is about being able to say deadpan, hey, is that a salty burger you're eating? Where'd you buy it? I you, bought it at Salt Burger. For commercials, you have to look like successful. an every, No, you have to look like an everyman. Sometimes you have to look successful. Well, that's your... No, this one's not. Oh, um, we're drinking tea. Red tea. Is that caffeinated? Hell yeah. I think so. Did you get new frames? No. no. She wears glasses. Maybe. You wear glasses. It's, it's almost Should been I a narrate while, to the crowd? The crowd. The audience. You have a video thing going. I feel like the hardcore people will just check their video feeds. There's about 20 hardcore people then. <laughs> That's so many. You know what? I think if I put up bars, it'll go well because people want to. Criticize women online on video. Too. Wow, that's not a huge compliment, but all right. No, I mean it's a compliment to you that you are a woman. Okay. But I think that uh, that I attract controversy. I got an email from YouTube today, not a personal well, email. I haven't gotten a personal email in a long time. Do you get personal emails? Just like yo, what's up? Uh, kind of, yeah. More like a letter we would get from friends in the old days. But I don't even get like work that many work emails. I get a lot of work emails. I don't get any friend emails. Like friend, friends I don't get a lot text of friend me. Emails. And they Insta DM you. Yeah, I get a lot of Insta stuff. Like whenever I post stories, people do like to comment on them, mm -hmm. which is nice. Yeah. Um, if I'm on like Twitter, like yeah, all my social media is people. But if I just have like have friends, they text me. Or sometimes they'll send me a card. You get mailed cards? Very rarely, but sometimes, yeah. I got mailed a card with a pubic hair on it. What? Like a greeting card. Is that like a threat? No, I have a friend who's like every year she mails the grossest possible Christmas card. Like, oh, it wasn't even like a picture of a hair. It no, was just it was a like hair. literally a pubic, what looks to be a pubic hair, taped to a, a, a card. Okay. It has to do with her nickname as well. So anyway. Yeah. You made me sad. What? <laughs> no, no, you I'm didn't fine. make me sad. No, you know I, what? You know, I, yeah. you know what? I was really sad during the holidays when everybody was like, I'm going to go hang out with my family and loved ones and like wives and dogs and all, whatever. And I was like, I'm just sitting here mm -hmm. doing dick all. Well, you're not alone. Okay. In that feeling over the holidays. Yeah. and I, Even the people who were doing the things that you were sad that you weren't doing were probably sad at least for a second and what's the difference between a second and a year in the long run <laughs> to be fair that is get the feeling that is kind of what i had to come to grips with is that i was like nobody likes well not nobody i won't say nobody but like a lot of people don't like going home for christmas like it's not that much of a delightful time like i'm not just like missing out on some like euphoria no i mean you know i would have had a similar 
time, I think, if I'd stayed here because I would have not had to go anywhere for Christmas. And we would have just done the two things that we do, which is like probably go for Chinese food on a new Christmas Eve. Well, see, this is, this is the thing. So I don't do Christmas, so I ended up hosting a show, and it turned out to be the best decision I made. Yeah. So I decided to host a show because I was sure that I was going to be lonely. A comedy I, show, right? We're not talking about Cash Cab. Or... Correct. <laughs> a stand-up show. Good. Um, but I, like, wasn't even into it. Like, I wasn't even jazzed about it. On Christmas Day, I was so upset that, like, nobody wanted to hang out, and I had nobody. That's always very hard. And then, and then I did the show, and then so many people came out to the show. We sold Where it was, out. Oh, was this your coffee shop show? Yeah. You did it on Christmas Day? Yeah, and wow. it was amazing. To be honest with you, like, our first show was, like, slapping. It was, we way, way oversold it. It was, like, 55 people crammed into. Slapping. It was crammed into this space, like, the size of the cab space. Like, it was crazy. Comedy bar cabaret space, for those who don't know. But... This show was a little bit smaller by design. I capped the tickets because we were a fire hazard the first time. So we had fewer the people. slap hazard from them. <laughs> we had fewer people, but then we had, um, uh, we did a dumpling bar, like a Chinese food dumpling right, bar. yeah. And we did dumplings and we did noodles for everybody. Who, and how, do, who, how did you organize all of this? What do you mean? I produced it. That's what I'm saying. That's, ex- I don't mean, did you organize it by producing? In the production of this, how did you get the dumplings? Uh, we just decided to do it and we looked up places that sold them, like at, at catering. So you had a catering company come in? No, we just got them from a restaurant and then we drove them back to the restaurant, to the coffee shop. These were your coffee shop friends? Well, the girl who runs the... Where do you do this coffee shop show? People might be wondering, how can I see Cassie? Where can I see Cassie? It's called... What's Cassie all about? It's called First Cassie? It's called First and Last Coffee. It's called First and Last Coffee. It's right at DuPont. DuPont and Spadina, right by DuPont Station. In Toronto, Ontario. It's, um, I love that you're deeply localizing all aspects of this podcast. You asked me where it was. I live in Toronto. But it, um, it's my coffee shop. So, like, I work there during the day. Oh, you work there during the day? Well, no. Like, I, I uh, work. Like, I write there. See how excited day. I was for you to have a job? I have considered... I feel like every January, I consider getting a Joe job. I got a part-time job. Yeah, you got a good one. No. Yeah. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah, yours, yours is a fancy one. They People don't it. treat you like shit. Do uh, they? <laughs> it's still hard. Yeah, of course. I'm just, you know, they did the employee review recently. Mm-hmm. They use very uh, kind words. What was your review like? Uh, it was like there were positive aspects and there were places that needed improvement. That's fair. And, like, it's hard to get any kind of report card. Yes. Honestly? Yes. And you know what's crazy? Came, But I was also sad at times in the holidays. You know, especially a city like New York is um, the kind of place where you wind up just feeling sort of overwhelmed and small. Yeah. And You know, I had that a bit with comedy shows where I was, like, mad that I hadn't taken the time to book in advance right. that, that many spots but on top of that uh you know that that time of year just doesn't really provide that many spots uh to yeah, do comedy course. in new york you know i'm sure they are there but you know they're not always that present but i think it's better that you went down there to like hang out with your girlfriend and and ha- even with your yeah, mom me too. there and like 
I think it's better that it was more of a vacation than straight up like crushing spots. I think that would have been exhausting. I think that you have to really make the call about why, what your intention is when you go on these types of expeditions. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think the people who were there with me, my mom and then uh, my lady friend Mm -hmm. were, uh, would have been totally open to me doing a bunch of shows. But, like, there's a lot of legwork that goes into doing those yeah. shows. It's it's preparing for the shows. It's finding out where they are, going there and back. It just takes up, adds so much time. And I just don't think a Christmas trip is yeah. necessarily the one that you're supposed to devote to grinding. In fact, I don't really think that going to these cities and grinding and then leaving actually does... All that much, if you're trying to make a name for yourself, it obviously will help your comedy because you'll be performing in a new place in a great scene. Right. But, you know, there there are people living in those places every week doing shows, putting in that work in the city. Like, that's why moving to them rather than going there for, say, even two months, you know? Like, that's... uh, you know, um, that's unfortunately, from what I can tell, the way to do it a little bit. I was going to say, though, it's also I don't know if you find this, but it's also just difficult to go mentally from like grinding and working really hard and then like spending time with with people that you like. Like when I'm in the frame of mind of grinding, like I'm not fun to be around. Like I'm just focused on that all the time. Right. And it's hard to switch back and forth. It's hard to be like, I'm going to grind from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. and then. 9 p.m. onwards, I'll be, like, fun and chill to hang out with. Like, I can't do that switch. Like, either I'm, like, this trip is a touring trip and I'm just, like, doing spots and making connections and networking, whatever, like, all that stuff. Or I'm, like, this is a vacation time and I'm spending quality time with the person I like. Yeah. I mean, I definitely have always kind of mixed it all up like a gumbo in a soup. Because I've always had a gumbo in a soup. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I've just always had friends in all these different cities anyway. Right. So it's like I would have to have these sort of recreational moments, you know? And yeah. uh, And I just don't want, you know, any more stress than I give myself sometimes, you know? So I do find it challenging, um, like, the thought of going with a significant other. Like, I... so. Yeah, I would find... I've never done that. Like, Mm -hmm. if I go touring, I prefer to tour alone. I don't even like touring with other comedians. I like to just know that I'm grinding exactly how I need to do it. But, like... Grinding. Yeah, like, when I went on... Like, I went on tour over the summer, and... Alone. Yeah, and it was really rough, but I was just like, I'm just going to do my spots. I'm going to talk to who I need to talk to. I'm going to, you know, submit to the clubs that I need to submit to. Like, whatever. Like, I just did all the stuff I needed to do. Yeah. I I can't really... I can't really imagine, like also having someone there who's not in the industry and then having to spend like friendly quality time with them. Well, if you're with a person on tour, you're basically both trying to do the same thing. So you're not going to, they won't be like, Hey, what are you doing talking to that booker, man? Let's go to play the bingles. I would feel bad, though, to be honest, if I brought a boy and I was just like, I'm just going to be doing it and you're just going to have to hang. I would feel bad. I think with a partner, uh, if it's not a comedian. Yeah, exactly. uh, They would need to be someone 
I would say who would be open to sort of almost being like your like tour manager or something and you'd have yeah. to re- reward them as so you would reward somebody like that depending of course on how much money you have to throw around you know yeah if you've got merch or something maybe they could do that it still sucks for them I w- but i mean i definitely thing. wouldn't rec- wouldn't unless there was a real good way to do it i think having a little bit of a rollicking caravan would be cool you know like it's you and your girlfriend and then the th- the third in the thruple yeah then also <laughs> throwing a cat yeah bring the cat and <laughs> the second car the third car but i i agree <laughs> like i think that i would rather just do that trip like if it was a work trip i would just do it alone and then i would do a separate trip where it was just like to spend quality time but do you get sad when you travel solo no i love it I actually really love traveling by myself. Well, when do you get into the sad, sad state of mind? When I don't work. I think that's why I'm so productive. If I don't work, then I get sad. Because then I have all this time to think about how everyone else is happy and I'm not doing it. So, is everyone else happy and you're not doing it still if you're doing stuff? No, like if I'm working, then I'm just focused on working. Like I really like doing what I do. They say idle hands are the devil's mm-hmm. instruments. But I've, I've gotten much better at it recently. I, I've done a lot of therapy. I've done a lot of <laughs> reflecting and reading books. And I've also strengthened the quality of a lot of my relationships. Oh, how'd you do that? Just like trial and error. <laughs> trial and error. Tell me about this trial and error. Did, um, you, did you voice issues with somebody? I, I try to, and I'm not good at this, but I, what I try to do and stumble through is I try to think about how I feel when I interact with anybody mm-hmm. and if they make me feel bad, even if it's not their fault, even if mm-hmm. they're really nice people and they're great, but then I somehow feel bad because I'm insecure about something. I don't know who cares. Then you got to tell them. That, no. Then I just limit how I interact with that person. Oh, I see. So- and I've been doing that slowly and like poorly for, for about a year and a half now. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's really changed, like, the layout of my my social time. Like, mm-hmm. people that I used to spend a lot more time with, I spend a lot less time with. And certain mm-hmm. other people I spend more time. Like, I think it's, like, shifted in that way. And if it, they have cats, that makes it still a sustainable relationship, though, right? Like, I try hard to... it. Like, I, I won't <laughs> say, like, I don't think I've, like, friend broken up with anybody. Like, that's kind of dramatic, and I used to do that when I was much younger. But I just, like, I think they call it boundary setting. Probably. But I think it's just, like, you manage how much time and how much energy you spend with somebody who... And it might not be their fault. That's the thing that, like, really gets me. It's, like, it might not be their fault. They might be a good person. But just, like, something about the quality of your interaction makes you feel bad or takes away something from you. Well, it's just, like, finding that line between them and you and then where does it all fit in for instance what you're saying is maybe they're a good person Mm -hmm. you know it sounds like right now what you're saying to yourself when you cut it off it's like i don't have it in me to keep doing this this is not something that's working for me right now for whatever reason it's not you it is me, which everyone makes fun of. But you know what? 
that's why people do things. Well, the it's thing- never the person. It's always because you're like, well, I got to go yeah, go to Mexico. The thing is, is I find <laughs> that it's really difficult. Like, it took me Focus a lot of time to wrap my head around the idea that we are good friends and you're good to me. And, there, like, there's nothing inherently wrong about our relationship other than it doesn't help. How, how do I say this? Like, our interaction doesn't help me do the things that I'm trying to accomplish in my life. Like you want to be surrounded. I think you want to be surrounded with people who give you either the energy or like some other type of value that enhances your individual journey. Like I'm going from point A to point B. So if you're helping me go there, then great. And if you're make trying to make me go another direction, even if you're real sweet about it, like I'm not going there. So we can't interact on this level. Not to say that we can't be friends if we see each other or whatever, but like I can't be... What's this level you're talking about? Depends. Like, for example, I, I think personally, since I started stand-up, uh, like, when I started stand-up, I don't know if you did this, but I was friends with any, everybody. Like, everyone who wanted to be friends with me, I would be friends with them. And I liked them all. Like, it wasn't like I was forcing myself to do it. Mm-hmm. I love comics. And just, like, anyone who wanted to chat with me, I would chat with them. And I think eventually, over time... Like, I only have 24 hours in a day, and I only have so many resources. You do? What is your day? They're 26. <laughs> and it, it's not always feasible for me to sit around and, like, gossip about comics. And I love doing that. And it's super <laughs> fun. I'm, I love shit-talking other comedians with comedians. But, like, I don't always have the resources to do it. And so you do have to just balance out, like, we can't be bonded on the same level because I'm not willing to spend all that time doing One of doing the best that. things about being in L.A. was that, you know, I was only mildly aware of what was going on in Toronto, the Toronto scene. And another great thing about, you know, kind of doing my own thing over here mm-hmm. is still kind of only being mildly aware, you know. And, and I think that's a, a great way to be. Um, I do feel better. Like, I feel more balanced and focused on what I'm trying to do since I um, just, like, put up certain, like, boundaries around interacting. And that's not to say that I don't talk with comedians. Like, of course I do. But it's just, like, a different quality and and level of commitment to it. Well, the fact is, especially when you're talking about people getting stuff, which, you know, people are doing this conversation. Yeah. From uh, Glastonbury to... uh, Chicago, you know, in comedy and uh, even probably in New Zealand, even probably in one of those places Larry Charles went to like Mm -hmm. Libya or uh, do you see that series? No. Comedy and Dangerous Comedy? No. It's interesting. Okay. Anyway, but, um, you know, so the shit talking is is universal, but I think that when when you're talking about people's behavior Mm -hmm. and you're kind of like, Somebody did this crazy thing. I wonder how we should figure out what to do about that. There's how I feel about it. Here's how you right. feel about it. There's a little space for that. Yeah. But when you kind of get into the other thing and it's like, oh, they're doing this, they're doing that. I didn't get this. I didn't get that. On some level, if it's not driving you. Exactly. Maybe it's driving you. But if it's not, it's probably just. Exactly. It's just you draining. Know, draining because it bothers you so much that you're not. I agree. Uh, Either that there's an injustice, in which case do something about it. Right. You know. Um, For what it's worth, I actually think there were a few instances over the past year and a half maybe where um, I had friends who 
I like them a lot, but they got certain things that I had wanted and I kind of couldn't help but be jealous of them. And it's not about them. I think they're lovely people, but I just like couldn't help but feel bad about myself when they would talk about the thing that they got. Well, that was why I announced that to you right off the top. And so, but, but then, you know, you either have to come to some sort of scenario where you feel okay about it, or you just have to take a step back. And I have, in certain cases, chosen to just be less good friends with certain people that I like because of certain circumstances. And it's really hard. I think it's really hard to just like let go of friendships for circumstantial reasons. Well, I think it's, unfortunately, it's a, um, it's, it's a side effect of being in a country that has a smaller arts um, reward community or whatever you, a, a smaller reward for their art, their, their creatives. The industry is still very hobbly because, you know, in, in, in the States and if, if, Three people are good comics, let's say, and they're friends. And one of them gets something, a couple other people don't or something. Generally, that person who is getting stuff will hook up yes. people. Yes. Not just rando friends, you know, like unless it's a special case like Chris Farley's brother, who is <laughs> terrible, but uh, is lo- beloved by, you know, all the people who worked with Chris Farley. And I totally get it. And I'm only insulting him because he was in that um, really bad movie about um, I don't know. An American Tale, I think it was called. Not An American Tale, but anyway. Um, not Fievel, but this movie that was like this weird, like right-wing comedy. Okay. Like farce. It was weird as hell. Okay. Um, anyway, that was a tangent. Yeah. But I'm just saying, you know, and, and we don't really have the resources for that here. But, That's true. You know, um, so, so. Uh, I also just think it's really natural. I did spend some time like feeling bad for feeling jealous of my friends, mm-hmm. but like, that's just a human emotion. Like, yeah, what are I you going to do? I have a joke I was working on where I'd say, you know, uh, I would basically be like, I want my friends to fail. And it's like, and my joke I think was, I said, I don't, it's not that I want them to fail. I just want us all to fail together. Yeah. So we're on the same wall. I do understand that. Well, this is the, the real, <laughs> this is the real issue is that like, if I was doing, like if I was doing so well, then I would be so happy for my friends to do well. But in moments where I don't perceive myself to be doing as well, if my friends are like killing it out there, it's only natural that it would make you feel bad. Like we're like, obviously comparison is not a good thing to do, but like, it's a human thing to do. It just is normal. And you do have to work your way around those feelings. Well, you want to talk about some insane shit that, that's happening around these feelings. Cause I have all these feelings, you know, I've so long of doing this. So many people I know who've d- done very well mm-hmm. at times feeling pretty isolated. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel isolated. I think it has to do with living in the na- the shishi neighborhoods that we call home. You think our neighborhood is shishi? Well, I think mine is. I don't think mine is. <laughs> I don't know where you live. <laughs> I just. <laughs> you live down the street. I live up the street. You live up the street. I live up. I Way feel up like the I feel like beyond the hill is no longer shishi. Yeah. Well, no, but it the is. hill at Davenport. <laughs> There's some shishi stuff going on. I think uh, there's a lot of comics that live there, though. Okay, well, look, 
I, I'm not really serious about the neighborhood. <laughs> we got away from my point. <laughs> but my point is, ever since coming back, I'm having this. So, like, I did shows. Yeah. Two shows the last couple of days. It's great. And, uh, it's great. Um, it's fucking great. Man. Yeah. You grind. <laughs> grind and you grind and you grind. And then you're a fine dust and you fucking blow away in the wind and are inhaled by a child. Who goes on to become president of Space Force? So, um, <laughs> uh, I I uh, was in. I just am still seeing people who are like, "Oh, are you in LA?" And right. and then I was emailing with a friend of mine who lives in New York, and I was look at you. You're getting friend emails, like letters. She did write email. me back, ah, but look I, at you. you know what? I send out I sent out like a holidays email. So like, that's that still counts. And so it was from them responding to my holiday it email. It counts. That's and why not you to do a text. it. Yeah, that's good. That is why I do it. That I is like, why, that's why everyone does I it. I like human contact. That's so good. See, look at you. People love you. That's crazy. No, but she wrote me back and she was like, I'm not in New York, but I, uh, or like I can't hang out right now, but. I'll be in LA soon if you want to hang out. And then someone else said that to me earlier. And I'm like, oh no, like I am trapped between two worlds now. Like no wonder I feel isolated. It's like people yeah. don't know I'm here. That's true. There's a bunch of people who don't actually really know me outside of maybe just my name or something. You do have to put in the work to know everybody. Like, well, if you stop grind, like the point of grinding is grinding. Like, it's like, yeah, you got to get <laughs> your. We do a different name than gr- word than grinding. <laughs> like, listen, I think it is about getting your set. Less in, grinding, more grounding. But you know a what I'm lot saying? of it is just about getting to know people. Like now, I don't really do that many open mics anymore. And I, when I go do open mics now, I don't know half the people there. And that's fine. I don't like it. I think it. that's a that's a thing you're going to have to accept is that <laughs> there's going to be people you don't know, and and that that's why it becomes important to be open to people uh, in comedy until they prove otherwise. Because in the end, you know, if they meet you for a second and you're super nice, yeah. it makes a difference. You know? Yeah. I mean, super nice. I don't mean like. You know, like, oh, what can I get for you, monsieur? Do you you get this? If I don't do shows for a little bit, like, I'm talking, like, even a week. But, like, truly, most of December, I was out of it. Out of the game. Yeah, I wasn't, because I was on Kim's, so I was just gone for a couple weeks. But, yeah, you're, like, writing. It's not the same. No, but I was out of the stand-up circle. And, like, nobody knows. Like, I didn't, like, announce that I was writing on Kim's. I was just not there. You were Instagramming about it on your stories. I only talked about it once. I wasn't, to be honest with you, I wasn't sure if I was allowed to talk about it. So I didn't talk about it until, like, the end of it, where I knew they couldn't fire me. (laughs) Right. But whatever. But um, Kim's non-disclosure agreement. I didn't sign one. I signed them for a lot of us. You should write a book about them called A Convenience Truth. Hmm? A tell-all? A tell-all for two, <laughs> two to three weeks. Um, but I was, okay. <laughs> That's a great way to lose any potential of doing the job later. It's like, she put out an ebook immediately. <laughs> okay, I was going to say, do you get this? They like- don't actually have those accents. If I don't, well, they don't, first of all. I think people know. But anyway, um, but if I don't do shows for a little while, Mm -hmm. I just irrationally but very strongly feel that everyone hates me. 
Do you get this? I feel really like when get I'm this. doing shows, I get that feeling on stage. I don't now, mean the I don't mean the audiences. No, yeah, you mean people in comedy. Yeah. Um, I mean people who run the shows. I feel like open micers. Like it doesn't matter who, but I just feel like because I've left, everyone hates me now, and that makes it much more difficult to get back. I in. mean, I'll say this: like, you know, periods of contribution or like participation on an extreme level are very helpful on lo local scenes with local scenes and people knowing you and people liking you only because it's like if you run a show then they get to do the show then they're happy you know mm -hmm. and then if you're doing you're doing their stuff it's just all very fluid you know mm -hmm. but but at some point that doesn't really become necessary because like you can't be you know uh, that running wheel is weird. Like that, that hamster wheel again in America and in the UK, I believe it's like people are mostly working clubs when they're deep into it and performing all the time, because, you know, um, you just can't be doing like most of the book shows are, I mean, sometimes I guess you could be a person who's mostly doing those types of book shows and be fine. But if you're doing like in New York three shows a night, it's like mm -hmm. I met up with my friend. He was like, yeah, I did. He was doing like New York Comedy Club. And then it's like you do the comedy cellar, you know, if you're in with these things and then that's your night. And then in L.A., it's there's people who go to like Comedy Store, Ice House, you know, even UCB counts as that. Yeah. In a way. And it's just which comedy bar in Toronto approaches. But I guess I just mean it's like you can set your own pace. Although Jeff Garland, the great Jeff Garland of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Do you know who that is? No. I've never watched Curb. It's not crazy. No. Are all my fans about to leave me? I don't know. That's a separate question. <laughs> I've never watched it. Um, Curb. Yeah, I feel I like apologize. Curb Your Enthusiasm and, and Seinfeld are sort of this interesting thing. I have watched They're Seinfeld. like a bit of a cultural divide, I feel. Like uh, between generational divide. And uh, I've seen Seinfeld. Yeah? Did yeah, you yeah. like it? I did. Nice. I will say I don't... I like the show. Oh, uh, nice. I don't really like Jerry Seinfeld's stand-up, though. No, that people have not been liking his... <laughs> Seinfeld, the show fans have not been... Getting much out of Seinfeld, <laughs> the, comedian. the comedian as a comedian necessarily, like I definitely appreciate the craft of it, right? You know, and I like it sometimes. And that book, Sign Language, was like such a big deal when it came out. His like book of his little, his little observations, oh. and also he'd been doing stand up for so long. But right. yeah, that that it's very different, you know, uh, than than the show, which right. is more like Curb Your Enthusiasm, really. And, yeah, well, because, uh, yeah, because Larry David. Yeah, bald guy. Wrote it. In the news. I don't remember why. He, like, had, oh did God. something with sports. Oh, God. I thought he just got me too. Anytime any comedian is in the news, just, <laughs> I was just like, he got me too. What do you think? Did we talk about me too the last time? I don't think so. Do you think, can Louis still do comedy? Louis C.K.? I mean, clearly he can, because he has been. How do you like it? I'm not going to go see his shows. But to be fair, I wasn't seeing his shows before. So it's not like he lost me, you know? No. So, uh -huh. You don't care. I don't really care. I, like, am 
not really interested in most things he has to say. Like, I can't imagine he has anything to say that would, like, really add value to my life. What if he gave you something along the lines of the secret? (laughs) Listen, if that was what it was and what it took for me to get it was an $18 ticket, like, yeah, I would go see it. I mean, that's a cheap ticket. Is that what he's charging? (laughs) Yeah, because he's back at Yucks. Because he's not selling out the ACC anymore. So I mean, I think it. he doesn't have to play yucks. I think. I think yucks. he. I think he does for <laughs> yucks. <laughs> I'm, if you grind long enough, yucks. <laughs> <laughs> grind, time, yucks. I'm not making fun of you. I think. Well, I don't work for yucks because they don't want me. I would love to work for yucks if they're listening to this podcast. They should. You hire do work me. for yucks. Just not the company. You know what I'm saying? You work for the yucks. You work hard to get the yucks. Yucks okay. means laughter. This is terrible. Why? Uh, you're a comedian. You should be ashamed of yourself. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not ashamed of myself. Um, I have no shame anymore. I think it was smart for him to go through yuck yucks. Oh, yeah. No, it was great. Like, I think he would have gotten a lot more backlash if he wasn't protected by the brand of the club, even though his ticket sales were... Lower. Like, obviously, he could have sold a bigger space off of his own name and kept, like, all of the money. But I think it was smarter for him to go back through the club brand. Well, I mean, the main reason being for, to me, that, like, the guy in charge of Yuck Yucks, Mark Breslin, was, like, willing to defend that choice, you know? Yeah. Because. But that's what I mean. Like, I think that it took a lot of heat off off of him because now nobody's, like, oh, Louis C.K. is the bad guy for performing. Now everyone's like, yuck, yucks is the bad guy for letting Louis C.K. perform. That's a different, it's different optically. I mean, I think. Because suddenly he becomes a victim. But I think also a lot of people, um, like we just kind of overestimate uh, the amount of people that give a shit about any of this stuff. Yeah, of course. No, yeah. but I, but I'm saying like, I think if he had done it a different way, if he had just sold out of any Including himself, the listeners. I think it, it w- he would have gotten a lot more backlash against it and, like, more protests. But now, like, he, actually, I think Yuck kind of took a lot of the heat off of him, where now all he had to do was smash his shows, which he did. And so now everyone's like, oh, people are making a big deal against the club, but actually Louis C.K. is so funny, and I loved him, and I would go see him anytime. Like, it's helping him to go back through the club brands instead of selling his own shows. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I view it more as, like, for him, just a downgrade in material he can do, the audiences he's going to get. To be fair, I heard he had a great show. I didn't go watch it, but I have heard from many people that it was a great show. Yeah, I mean, whatever. He's, he's you know, a very good comedian. He's, like, that's not something that can just change because, you know... You admitted to something that you know you did. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> yeah, fair. Like, like, he was doing it the whole time anyway. We like, just didn't know about it. He, yeah, he denied. Like, he always... He, he was always doing it. He wasn't surprised that he <laughs> the accusations were true. Right. You know? Yeah, that's true. He was well aware. I mean, you know, I, I find the whole thing... It's It's like, obviously, we need to have the ability for people to... I don't know, write whatever they did wrong or whatever, you know, or, 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 and then. Which he did not. And then move on. Yes. Well, that's, that's the issue is he didn't really do that. But I just mean like, I'm not interested in watching his comedy. Right. So like, I think that's fine. Like he's interested in you watching him 
<laughs> Listen, I wish I was a comedian of a level where Louis C.K. would consider. The whole point was these were like women who were just like randomly at Aspen for the first time. Were they? Randomly. No, I thought they were other comedians. They were other comedians, but they were like uh, the women. In, I thought they were Aspen. his openers. Is maybe, what I maybe understood. for a show in Aspen, but they weren't well known at all. Oh, and then uh, there were actors oh. and aspiring comics, and in fact, there was a Gawker blind item. No, it wasn't there was an item in Gawker that I still think about that never really got followed up on. That was said he was like whispering vulgarities, whatever that means, in the ears of like young com- female comics at UCB in LA like and that yeah. and a guy contacted that so slimy him girl. on his email and was like don't do this you're whatever how why are you fucking doing this and then he said let's get on the phone you know Did- they had a phone conversation and there was an article about this and it never kind of went on to be anything Did we ever get um like any follow up on that accusation that Jen Kirkman made? That she was like a little freaked out about like touring with him or whatever? No, like she released a whole thing that was anonymous saying that he was like jerking off in front of people, but he ne- she never named him. And then when it came out, when the whole thing came out, people mm-hmm. went back to Jen Kirkman to be like, was it Louis? And she refused to say that it was him. Yeah, I think Jen Kirkman just marches to the beat of her own drummer, <laughs> you know? Very funny comment. I think she's so She's good. so hysterical. And then she's so untethered on Twitter that it's like insane to see. <laughs> like she's one of these people who, um, you know, thinks like Bernie is like Russian or something. Bernie Sanders is Russian and, you know. Who knows she's very politically like in it. Yeah, she's in she's in it, you know, but um But she's so funny. I saw her when she was in Toronto yeah. at the Royal. She's a great live act, that's for sure. I got her to sign like I bought her book and mm. I got her to sign it and I asked her if she was ever scared of going on stage and she said, No, I'm just scared of flying. That's <laughs> it. And I was like, Okay, I guess just you're not scared. I did like a show that I maybe you've done a couple. I've done a show she was on uh years ago. And uh, then I also met her socially a few times around then. She was married to someone I knew. It's kind of friends of friends. And um, I went to this crazy party once years ago that was like a four loco party. <laughs> okay. And uh, it was like my friend and like, you know, four loco? Yeah. So this was when four loco was like toxic, basically. Like the first for Loco version 1.0, where it was like oh. then made illegal and discontinued. No, yeah, I remember yeah. like when they were about to make it illegal, like they mm-hmm. announced it during that stretch when they announced it and it it actually went off the shelves. Like mm-hmm. I was at McGill at the time, and like people would go down to the states and just stock up on. That four was Loco. what my friends did, and so we had a four Loco, or he had a four Loco party. Yeah, and I think Jen Kirkman was there, and some other people were there, and. um it was a mess of a party. That sounds fun, though. Oh my god, the people! I, I, there, like Chelsea Peretti was at that party, and I love her. Yeah, I, I was a huge fan, and I've had two very awkward um, interactions with Chelsea Peretti, which is very believable. 
She's awkward, though. Yeah. And she's also mean. So, like, yeah, <laughs> I get it. So I was standing outside of the party, and she was outside, too. And I remember talking to her, but, like, she just seemed so miserable to be at this party that was all completely beyond shit-faced people that she knew. And, um... I love that. She, like... I've ugh. been entertained by these awkward interactions I've had with her. They haven't made me... Yeah not support her work. I think she's so great. Sure. I would also be upset about it, but like, she's so funny. Yeah. Yeah, she's really funny. People are really funny. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Nick, and non-binary, everybody, this is Nick Flanagan. Hi, thanks for listening to this talk with Cassie Cow. There's more in a second. I just wanted to let you know if you do want to support the podcast in a very tangible and helpful way, co-fi.com slash Nick Flanagan is an amazing way to donate because there's no fees. I get 100% of what you send and I will still give you uh, gifts. Patron-only gifts. There's also monthly options with that or you can go the usual route with patreon.com slash Nick Flanagan. There will be perks there. There's a bunch of stuff, stuff already up. I have some playlists I've been thinking of making and um articles i was going to try out on y'all first so um yeah it would really be appreciated if you could help i'd love to just cover my costs completely with patreon and uh reward andy who produces these interview episodes um as well as i can and he's editing this and he'll be like yeah nick thanks so ko-fi.com slash nick flanagan Patreon.com slash Nick Flanagan. Check it out. Now back to the interview. Ah, uh, but will it save the world, Cassie? No, it's World War Three. Are you upset? No. What's upsetting you lately? Anything? Is it day-to-day? Um, uh, I think I'm doing okay. I am back to working, which is always nice. Mm-hmm. I'm dating a boy, which is nice. Yeah, for a long time you were like... One of those comedians is like, boys on Tinder, nah, me. <laughs> uh, thank you. That was very reductive, but I appreciate it. Hey, um, I, we only have so much time. <laughs> to, to be fair, I think. I don't know. I, I don't, I don't, I, I feel like I'm being. Uh, sometimes I miss dating so because. I liked all of your tweets about anything. Thank you. You were very funny on Twitter. Still I still, I'm that. still on Twitter. I know. Don't say that in the past tense. I think you're still very funny on Twitter. <laughs> uh, sometimes I miss being on Tinder because, like, it's. I didn't even go on that many date. No, that's a lie. I did. Like, when I did date dating, I mm-hmm. did date a lot. But there were long stretches of time where I was just on Tinder and I didn't meet anybody. Mm-hmm. But I feel like now, I mean, I'm not on it currently. Mm-hmm. But I kind of miss seeing, like, who the people are and the wacko <laughs> profiles. This is exactly <laughs> like how you describe not grinding. <laughs> like, you're literally like, not grindering. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not grindering hard enough anymore. I guess that's true, yeah. Why didn't they call it tinder? It's supposed to be, like, grinder, but not sexy. I thought Tinder predated grinder. Mm, I don't know. I don't think so. I think Grinder was first. Really? Yeah. We'll have to Google this later. Well, why don't we Google it now? 
Um, I've got a nice cat. I got some new furniture in my apartment. Is, did you keep a clean apartment? Yeah, reasonably clean. I've been trying to eat better. So I've been um, cooking. I haven't gone out to eat at all this week. Wow. I, I realize it's Wednesday. Is that something you loved doing? Going out to eat? Okay. Tinder was founded <laughs> September 12th, 2012. Okay. And here's a great <laughs> thing. Because Grinder has such a similar name, I just need to go and delete the, the, the G. The T. And I just put in a... And then I'll get my Grinder start. September 12th, 20th. March 25th, wow. 2009. A whole three years before. That's what I'm talking That's about. Wow. Developed in Beijing. Really? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's the name of the guy, isn't it? Or is it where he's from? Original author, Joel Simkai. Interesting. Well, Joel is not necessarily He's from Israel. Oh, yeah. Yeah, a lot of apps seem to to have started as some sort of (laughs) Mossad-related thing. Like, I know Waze is that. And maybe Grindr was a way to... I don't really know. So you never, what's Blender? Let's find out. Okay, Blender was his attempt at, uh, like, be like a straight kind of Tinder type thing. Or a straight friendly Tinder. I think it looks like a friend thing. It's just like to connect people who are like-minded. To blend them. Yeah. Still. That sounds a little politically Still available. You should try it. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, wait, where were we before? Oh, yeah. yeah so I, you missed Tinder. Well, yeah. I Well, I miss swiping on people. Right. Um, Would it hurt when they wouldn't match? No. Also, like, it matched a lot. But I but I do know, like, when you swipe, you can find where your ceiling is. You know? If you swipe on enough people, you can see, like, like you can figure out, like, how attractive people are that they stop swiping back on you. Well, wouldn't it be types rather than how attractive? You know, like, let's say I've got a bunch of people and they're like, I'm on Tinder, which I wouldn't be taken, but let's say I'm on Tinder. All right. Nick's on Tinder and uh, he's doing Tinder. I'm doing Tinder. I think it's just attractiveness. I I hear what you're saying. I haven't even gotten to the part yet, of course, because I take my time to perfect the beat. And uh, that's a reference to Dr. Dre from like, you might not have been born when that came out. And uh, so anyway, I'm on Tinder. And it's like, the people who are probably going to swipe on me, no matter how attractive they are, are probably going to be these people with issues and they've gone to some sort of an unorthodox school and work sporadically. (laughs) Is that your type? I don't know. What? <laughs> I that's an interesting theory that it would be types, and I I can see the logic of it, but I genuinely think it's just attractiveness. I just think like okay. the hotter you are, the the more you can afford to be selected. I'm in a Google image search attractive men right now, what? and then I want you to tell me okay. where your ceiling is, like <laughs> where you think your ceiling is with these types of men, and I can do women too, but you don't date women, right? Mm-mm. I wish I did. They seem so nice today. Oh my God. I was going to say, I went to Comedy Bar yesterday and I saw uh, Elvira Kurt. 
was performing. Do you know who she is? Yeah. She was so awesome. Yeah. Oh my God, it was great. Love Elvira Kurt. Okay, so this guy. Okay. He would not swipe on me. Okay, this guy's got a beard and great hair. Now the next guy, would he swipe on you? Yeah, I think so. Okay, this guy's got a chin. <laughs> He's got a really out. skinny nose. Skinny nose. His nose looks like one of those. Is that Timothy? Dicks you don't want. Is this Timothy Chalamet? <laughs> Might be. And then, so this guy, would this guy swipe? I think yes. Okay, this guy. <laughs> great looking guy. Kind of looks like. But very like. Jason Priestley. But very average, like very like not, um, like not memorable. He has a steroided element to his the left part of his upper forehead. Do you see what I'm saying? Over here? <laughs> Just like the veins. The veins. But it's steroids. Okay. This no. looks like okay. it's Ryan Reynolds. I mean, it's... Is no. that Ryan Reynolds? Yeah, Ryan Reynolds would not swipe on me. Girls love Ryan Reynolds. Because he's funny. Is he funny? Well, he's hot, but then he's yeah, funny. On he's top funny. of that, he's funny. He's as funny... He's... Uh, let me try to he's think. He's pretty funny. Anna Ferris is funnier. Okay. But, you know, he was a great Deadpool. Okay, now, would this guy swipe on you? He would, but, like... Is this Robert Pattinson? No. <laughs> I don't know who this is. This, this guy like kind of looks like Robert Pattinson. I think this guy would, but he would just want to hook up. Like, there's no way a guy like that would want to chat with me. Okay, so I used... Now this is weird. Because <laughs> now you're saying that uh, this attractive man would just want you for your attractiveness level. For a quick hit. No, I'm saying there are men who just go out and message everybody to hook up. And they look good. Because, sometimes. because like, in the marketplace of... Ideas. Casual sex. <laughs> there, there are very few women who are into that. So, if you're... I think the number's gone up, though. True. But if you're a guy looking for that, like, it makes sense for you to just ask everybody. Okay. What about this guy? See, this is... No, um, Ryan Gosling <laughs> would not <laughs> swipe on me. Why? He's so down home looking. I mean, who is he? He has a baby with Eva Mendes. Yeah, he does. And he dated Rachel McAdams. Yeah. And All these men are too hot. You're picking like the hottest men on the internet. I'm not picking. Internet. I just googled attractive. Yeah, you men. you have to google like men. Uh, uh, so here's an interesting the other words <laughs> that go with attractive men that you can follow. There's long hair, skinny, muscular, cute, beard, curly hair, middle-aged, <laughs> average. Which seems like an odd thing to add to it. Okay, so uh, Gosling. And then this guy. No. Is this uh, Channing Tatum? Yeah. He's not swiping either? God, he's got the stuff on the side of his chest. Like these lats. Yeah. Is that what these are? Lats? That's absurd. They look like a turtle shell. They look like he has a turtle shell on his back. <laughs> Imagine being so confident you're going to be healthy forever that you, like, get one of your muscles that people aren't supposed to have tattooed. Because <laughs> he has, like, these weird back muscles I've never seen. It looks like he's tattooed, like, his own signature on this thing. Okay, so this is Darren Jones no. of the show Bud. No, who's this? This is another famous. Is I don't know who he is, but he's like so handsome. He's Look at his symmetrical. eyes. He's beautiful. He's very, well, these are probably context, but he's very symmetrical, <laughs> this man you're looking at. No, this guy's too handsome. This is that Nordic guy. So this is probably a racist person. <laughs> what about this uh, 
Uh, Johnny, oh, this Christopher Mason cool. Brown. This guy looks cool, but you know what? He looks like one of these guys who would be like into, um, what is it that people are into now? Trying like, things out. You know, like ethical, ethical non-monogamy polyamory oh, yeah, polyamory stuff. thruple. Yeah, so I don't swipe on those people. And now we've got this guy, Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt. I bet I could do Brad Pitt now. Like, he's old. So. I feel like Brad Pitt seems cool enough that he would probably just like sleep with somebody if they vibed, you know. Like I think he's got fewer options now because he's old and like not that attractive I, anymore. I, I think people still find him attractive. I feel like he's... he was really muscular in, in that Tarantino movie, and I think the thing where your name is Brad Pitt will probably hold weight. I don't know. People <laughs> don't like Brad Pitt anymore. They do. He's always been a weird actor who, like, sort of was doing character work, but was really good looking and viewed as a movie star. Mm -hmm. You know, but a lot of time he just have, like, his best work would be in these almost, like, side things, like in, um, you know, Burn Before Reading. What about this guy? Mm, maybe. Who's this guy? Is this an Indian? He looks like he might be an Indian movie star. Yeah, I'm trying to think, like, I usually do get matched with brown men. Hmm. But, like, he is pretty handsome. So he might swipe on you, you're saying? You're yeah. saying they also, swipe, Also, like, right? I, I don't know if you have a sense of this, but there are so many brown men in Toronto. Well. Like, there's more, I see more brown people on, on Tinder than white people, which is nuts. Yeah, Asian and Indian men and Sikh men and... Pakistani and Bangladeshi. I mean, the South Asian community in Toronto is massive, as yeah. is the East Asian and the Filipino community I don't is see really as, big here. I don't see as many East Asian men. I see very few East Asian men. It's because they're taken. Is it? Or they're not dating. What? Or they feel emasculated by the Western society. What? You know, well, that's the thing. that. But I'm that saying there are so many brown men. East, There's... A lot of East Asian guys feel like like very underrepresented and misrepresented in media. Yeah. 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 I've heard Simu Liu talk about it. Who? Simu. Who's from, Simu? from Kim's Convenience. Oh yeah, I think Fu I saw Future him about Marvel it. star. Oh, is he playing who's he playing? I don't know. The the Asian one. The Iron Fist? <laughs> the whatever. There, I guess there's like an Asian superhero <laughs> you know what's fun though is like i've been going around i met him once mm -hmm. i would not say that we are friends but i keep going around just tagging him and stuff and like telling people to introduce <laughs> me as simu on shows <laughs> and i don't think he likes it <laughs> <laughs> that would be horrible um this guy's this guy's right? too cool this guy is this not. jason momoa oh is he probably like it might be jason he momoa. would be too cool he there's no way he wouldn't swipe on me is this George Strombopoulos? No, that's um. Oh, I don't know his name, but like I know, but I know him. Is Jeremy Renner swiping right? That's um, not Jeremy. Renner. No, but is he on you? I don't know. He feels like a little too old. What about seventeen-year-old Leo? Yeah, I think so. He's going for it for sure. <laughs> he keeps dating younger and younger women. Did you hear? Yes. What do you think of that? Um, he keeps breaking up with people as they turn twenty-five. <laughs> Do you think you would ever date an 18-year-old boy? No. Do you think you'd ever date a 19-year-old man? No. 20? No, uh, like I don't, I don't like specifically have an issue with it. It's not that I specifically won't date younger men. I just feel like 
they're so dumb. I mean, even older men are so dumb. The chances of them having anything interesting to say at 19 is, like, really unfathomable. Who's the oldest man you've ever dated? I mean, what's their age? You don't have to tell me who they are. But you can give their full name. It's fine, too. Uh, I can't think off the top of my head specifically a person, but I I will say I've never dated very far off from my age. Like, I've, I think the biggest gap of person that I've dated, and I don't mean this as, like, in a relationship. I just mean, like, been on a date with. Right. Is, like, maybe five years. That's good. That's good. There's something else I wanted to ask you But about. usually I date people within one year of me. Um, that's great. So that, what's, but the good thing is if you're older, right? If you're five years older than the person you're dating, the male. You dating, can um, psychologically manipulate them. No, I don't think five years is going to be that. And depending on if, if. I think if you're like, if you're. 15 and 20, sure. Well, that's what I mean. I think yeah. if you're like 27 dating a 22 year old, a 22 year old boy, you can probably break him. You could. <laughs> I feel like most women. But I don't know if a man could date a 22-year-old woman, 27 to 22, and break them. No. Because most of the time, men, like, go, okay, this person's 22, great. I can um, emotionally be 20 with this person. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) We're going to party. We're going to go to Frosh Week. (laughs) We're going to, it's time for me to find out about Billy. English. You know, I was at a New Year's party and I was uh, interrogating teens about politics. That sounds like a fun time. It actually was. They were nice about it. Okay. They liked Bernie. No, though, I can't date The Rock. Why? 50 reasons why beard make men more attractive. That's from beardfever.com. I have mixed feelings about it. I think that men who look good in beards will look good without one. What about this guy with the beard? Big bushy No, beard. I don't really like it. And and like generally speaking, I don't really like it. Do you think I could rock a beard? Maybe. But I don't know. I think So it de- unenthusiastic. No, I just me. mean, I think it depends on your ability to grow like a, a full beard. Okay. This is the last thing I want to do, which is I'm going to read traits that 20 scientifically proven traits women find attractive in men. And I want to know okay. if you agree with them. Okay. This article starts, interestingly, many of these have been backed up by I like that they're not saying all of these are, just many of them. Yeah. Craig Malkin says confidence is important. Men and women both prefer a confident date for a number of reasons. Confidence, how do you feel? I think confidence is overrated. Really? Fuck a confidence. Really? I. you know who's confident? Donald Trump. End of story. And people love him. Yeah. But it's not wise to no but clearly it means that it is attractive sure no i'm not saying i'm not denying that this is an attractive quality i'm saying that it is my life's work to make confidence less of an exciting thing for everybody and this might mean me myself (laughs) having to be confident and people going ew i don't like confidence (laughs) so okay next personality that's, that's so broad i mean like who knows uh, in a rather encouraging study at the Huazhong, why do you not pronounce this word? Uh, Huazhong. Huazhong University in China, 
Researchers found that a positive personality can increase perceptions of What does that mean, a positive personality? That's so vague. Well, think of that guy Fluffy. Who? Gabriel Iglesias, one of the most popular comedians in the entire world. Heavy set man. What? Oh! Yes, okay. People like him. Okay. They probably find him attractive. Okay. More attractive than they would if he were out on the street. But I think that's about being funny. I don't think funny and personality are the same thing. I think in the real world, they definitely correlate. I think in comedy, it's different. You yes. Know. Like, so loyalty and devotion. Yeah. Yeah. Women I, want their men to be yeah. loyal. I mean, women crave security. That's for sure. This loyalty in a relationship it is, is an insult to her integrity that she can never bear. A direct okay. reflection of your character. This article is Be very a man dramatic. of character. No woman can accept a guy who checks out other woman very while being with her or sleeps around with other women and plays with her emotions. You will gain a lot of respect with consistent, committed action and build a strong, long-lasting relationship that will stand the tests time. Because nobody proofreads him. So <laughs> See, sense of humor. See, that's a separate thing. Okay, so now I'm going to apply the first three that we have uh, come up with, and I'm going to role play a situation with you. Okay? Oh, my God. So I'm going to walk in. I'll say, oh, no. hey, I just wanted to let you know, I'm probably the best date you'll ever have. Okay. I, like, I would leave. <laughs> I have a great relationship with my parents, but it's complicated. And... You've got to, if you travel, I'm coming with you. That's loyalty. <laughs> no, I feel like that's clinginess. That's so insane. Sense of humor. That's a lack of boundaries. Sense of humor. Women find it a great feeling to have someone in their life with whom they can share a joke and laugh aloud. <laughs> I will say I find it on the whole that men don't like women with a sense of humor. I, well... I'm not like that. Sure, I'm not saying And I don't think I'm some special magic man. I've had it be a detriment. Because you're dating norms. Yes. Normies. So? Get rid of them. What? (laughs) It's time to get weird. What? Get weird. You know, these people... No. They need to have their take on... Well, this is the thing. The men like to feel like they're funny. So if you're funnier than them, then they don't like it. I've had a, I've had this be a thing. With comedians? No. Just How many comedians do you go out with a year? Zero. How many have you ever gone out with? Zero. Would you, if let's say, let's say uh, like someone from Wild and Out, like Nick Cannon's Wild and Out show, came up to you and was like, Hey, my name is George, and I'd like to say I want to go out in a major way with Cassie. That's so, that's actually like very charming. I'll be performing at the Improv on Tuesday. I'd love it if you come. Here's the thing I think the comedians are so charming. For many years, I would have considered dating a comedian. Until that dreadful. Louis C.K. No, but now I just, like, I don't do it on principle. And not that I don't find them cute. Sometimes I'll still flirt with them. But, like, I just, I don't think that's a compatible match. Okay, well, let's say, what's your flirt style like? Hand touch? I've had to teach myself the arm touch. Have you ever heard me do my bit about it? Yeah, I think I heard you do a bit about it. Yeah. But, like, I've had to teach myself that because I don't like touching people. 
Mm-hmm. Over, generally speaking, like I have to really know that you're a good person before I touch you. Sometimes people want to go. Is that on why these... you've never touched me? Probably. You've actually hugged, so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's fine. Um, but like generally speaking, if I meet someone for the first time, especially on like a Tinder date or whatever, they always want to hug, Off and the I talk, and I don't want to hug them. They want to hug to start the date. Yes. And sometimes they want to even at the end, but I'm like, no, I don't An know. And if your date went well. But I need know time you're to never going to see each other again. I you can maybe pull that off. I've been in many scenarios where I went on a first date and then they wanted to kiss and I've had to just be like, no, I don't want to. What about, have you ever had that thing where you meet somebody for the first time, not on a date and they hug you? Yes. You know, like you're with somebody and they hug them and then they're like, well, now I'm going to hug the person. Yes. They're with. What do you think of that? I don't. Sometimes I straight up refuse to do it. I've, I, uh, I often just give no... Uh, like body language cues that I want to hug. So it gets really awkward. Well, they'll hug in a circle and I'll have my arms crossed and I'm just not at all leaning into it. And mm-hmm. then they'll just have to like awkwardly not do it. I'm going to go on with this. And I'm going to say, I want to guess what some of the next few, you can guess what some of the next few and then we'll read. My ne- guess for the next three are, the first one is porno. They do, guys who are into porno and girls who are into porno. I feel like it's just like, abs uh you know you know what it's probably gonna be is um like active because you can't go abs but if you go active <laughs> that's like code you know? <laughs> i guess oh, we so. like a really active but truly it's just abs okay so you're gonna guess abs and i've got all look strength <laughs> that's code no we're not abs. talking about physical strength here although it's a good thing for a man to possess physical strength <laughs> So that he can sweep his lady off her feet easily, physically. We're talking about mental this strength. Is such a, a strong m- mind and character is what makes a man really attractive. This is so like menacing. What I is know. this article? This is on heycrush.com. <laughs> and then it's not porno. The next one is not porno. It's integrity. This is so stupid. This is the same as the loyalty. And then trust, similar. I, that's again the loyalty. Good one. communicator. Well, yeah. oh, here's a funny one. Now we come to a very tricky area. Most women are articulate. They can express themselves beautifully. <coughs> women love to talk also and make great conversations. <laughs> women love to talk. What is this article? <laughs> so This would get <laughs> shut down. Cancel it. I mean, you just said so many words <laughs> to counteract the women love to talk thing. <laughs> but I agree with you. This is a dumb article. But... You did say six different <laughs> sentences in like 10 seconds to counteract that. Our society also stereotypes women as good communicators, which seems to be what they're still doing. This what has is, to do with the way the is... brain of girl children developed okay, during pregnancy. All right, all right. What else is there? I know this is bordering on like eugenics. Yeah. <laughs> also, it says studies and then it says warning PDF <laughs> next to the word studies. A loving partner. That's something they like in a, a partner. Yeah, someone <laughs> being nice to you. Yeah. Ambition. I mean, you know, that's what I find actually, you know, constant reassurance <laughs> seems to be a helpful trait. <laughs> you know, you just like constant reminder that you care for the person with it, but not it being treacly, but involving but you know what? listening. You know what though? I I genuinely I genuinely think because you and I are both anxious types. You think I'm anxious? <laughs> Look at my insane stance right now. I think that 
I think that in a in any relationship between two people, one person is anxious and one person's avoidant. Like a little I think bit. You might have been off the camera for the entire time. Not the entire time. One person's anxious and the other person's avoidant. Avoidant how? Like the opposite of anxious. I wanna be that. <laughs> no, I always tell my therapist it would be great to be avoided. And she was like, no, that's bad in a different way. And I'm like, no, that seems like the, the right way to do it. According to a survey carried at a Concordia University in Montreal, Quebec, Canada. I don't think that's true. Ambition. I don't think Women ambition love is true. Ambition. I don't think that's true. I think you want to know that the person would prefer to wake up the next morning. <laughs> 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 I don't think that women want men who have a lot of ambition. I think that women want men who want to settle down and, like, have babies. They don't want men who want to go out and, like, work forever and then they leave them at home to do stuff. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that this is not a list that you should trust. <laughs> so, and I think these are all very large terms that can yeah. encompass many different things. <laughs> and then adventurous no one wants a relationship to get boring. So women mm. look for men who are adventurous and know how to infuse excitement in a relationship. Be it taking her to unusual places for dating <laughs> or surprising her gifts. He knows how to keep the spark flying. Women seek this adventurous trait in their men so that their relationship remains interesting. This is so dumb. Why don't the women just introduce... Honey, put down your, what you're doing. We're... We're going to none of it. <laughs> Honey. Honey. We're going to the store. There's so many. <laughs> How many are there left? Challenging attitude. Listen to it. That's so funny. But this that's is true. This is really on a, a whole tear of women No, you talk literally, this is what you have to do. You have to go, I hear what you're saying, <laughs> but I am going to purchase the game. <laughs> That was a good bit of role play there. <laughs> you like that one. <laughs> Listen to her. Challenging attitude. <laughs> yeah, that's like the worst. No one this is that. the one that is getting men into trouble. Challenging attitude. Because yeah. listen to this. For a relationship to thrive, it is important that the man and the woman are on the same intellectual plane. This would enable them to stimulate challenge and help each other grow. Every woman dreams of a man with whom she can engage in meaningful conversations and compliment her intellect. So in other words, you're supposed to go, <laughs> Just well, like, really, why is, like, why does it black lives matter? You know, why is it all lives matter? All lives do matter, right? What do you think? I don't think, I don't think <laughs> a challenging attitude is a positive trait in anybody that's an, an inherently negative trait. Like, I don't want to have a podcast where people are debating. I want to have one where we're both announcing how we feel yeah. and, like, shutting each other out, you know? Listen to her. Yeah. I feel like we've already read that. Uh, respect. Respect. Respect her parents. Respect okay. her parents. Respect for her, the efforts she gives to make the Respect her parents and friends, too. Give her space. Mm. Today, a woman is more independent. That's your... You like that, yeah. right? Space. Like, you want a guy who's going to be like, I'm dating Cassie, but you haven't seen him in months, right? What? No, I don't like that. I'm anxious. I like to check in all the time. Do you want to cuddle? Not me, but like in the thing. I'm not huge on cuddling. Like right. I'll do it if I, this is my whole thing is like, generally speaking, I don't like to touch people. And then the more I like you, the more I'm okay with it. Why don't you like touching people? 
Mm, I don't know. Maybe like childhood trauma. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. So your family? I mean, it's not like a big thing. It's not. It's genuinely not a huge thing. It's just not my interest. So like, unless I like you a lot, then I don't want to cuddle. You know what I mean? But like, I'm dating I've, someone and you like them a lot. Well, it depends. Sometimes you, you, you're dating them and then you realize you don't like them. And then I, I immediately stop Damn. wanting to touch them. Damn. But you know, there's people who are just like, I just want to cuddle with someone. I'll do it with anybody. Well, they're professional cuddlers out there. Seriously. Yeah, no, I know. You know, would you ever do that? No. Maybe. Unless they paid really well. I've been watching Flavor of Love. I've been revisiting the show Flavor of Love. Okay. You know that show? No. I'm so fucking Are we almost done? Because I got to pee. I got to go too. Um, anyway, we'll leave it hanging on that I've been watching Flavor of Love. There are more. Here are the other ones. Pampering. Pampering? Being there always. <laughs> oh my God. That's different than give her space. Chivalric. <laughs> Chivalric. <laughs> and sensitive. Chivalric in an internet article is very clearly someone was like, what's a synonym? <laughs> you know, what is a synonym for nice, <laughs> for nice. or polite? Chivalric. Her man of dreams is chivalric, but in a modern way. All right, thank you for listening. This has been Thanks for coming, Cassie. I really appreciate it. Okay, bye. Bye. Thank you. We didn't update everyone on Penny. They're doing How's that. Penny? How's your cat, Penny? She's so good. Great. Again, that was Cassie Cow. Thanks for listening to it. I hope you enjoyed it. We talked about all kinds of things. A lot of dating stuff near the end. That was interesting. Uh, check out Tinder. Check out Grinder. Check out all of them if you're single. If not, if you've got some kind of consent going with your partner, also check them out. If you don't, don't check them out. And check out Cassie at twitter.com. The Cassie Cow. I'm actually going to confirm her Twitter as we're talking because I don't want to make any kind of a mistake, you know? Cassie Cow, Twitter. Let's see what this is all about. The Cassie Cow. I was right. And now, Instagram, she's probably the same, but I want to make sure. Instagram, the Cassie Cow. So there you have it. Follow her on Instagram and Twitter. Check out the other episode I did with her earlier. Take care. I think you're great. Bye-bye. Flanagan Weekly Nick Flanagan Weekly